So welcome back to the That's My Dad podcast. I've got a good buddy of mine, Ty Harris here. Listen, this is one of the most unique people you'll ever meet in your life. <laughs> I probably, you I know, mean, we bring people in here and I always talk about him being my good friend. But this guy is a, not only a really good friend, but he was, he's cut out of a different mold. <laughs> I mean, they, when God made Ty Harris, he just, he, he said, okay, I've, they can only have so many of this, this <laughs> type. <laughs> So our, our 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 interaction came. I got to go back and tell this because it's so it's funny, but it's it's interesting. Uh, I had opened Eagle Rock Boys Ranch, and the kids were going to the school where you taught. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's how we met. Yes, I did not know at the time you had been a, a college football player, and you, you got your knee hurt, right? I walked on at Sanford University. Walked on at Sanford, yeah. which is my alma mater. Got got his knee hurt. And instead of doing like I did when I had that, you know, career-ending thing, I just went and did something else. Well, Ty decided to become a cheerleader and was a cheerleader at the University of Alabama. So you're the only person I know who's been a college cheerleader and a college football player. That's your first distinction that I know of. So we met, and – I you called me and Allie, my daughter, was maybe five years old, and you said, "Hey, why don't you come out to the house?" You know, I built this log cabin, and you had taken these kids. You were mentoring some kids from the ranch, and you said, "Come out and see what I got here. I got me some new pets." So I go out there, and you, <laughs> with my five-year-old <laughs> daughter, you've built uh, like kennels, but there's bears and tigers in them, <laughs> like real live black bears and tigers in your front yard and you said come on out here and I, and you got in the cage with with those tigers and me with my five-year-old daughter and i i told you i think so i said ty if if they eat you you're on your own <laughs> i'm not getting in that cage with you and i was like i was like ready to cover Allie's eyes because i didn't want to see her see my friend get devoured and then, and then you got in there with the bears and we're slapping them around and I, I thought this guy he's 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 cut out of a different mold and he had a couple not a couple you had like a pack of wolves in your yard mm-hmm. so you, you've started a wildlife refuge so you know I, why people just up and say like i'm you know like first of all you're a a high school football coach you're a middle school ag teacher and high school ag teacher, yeah. and you own a, a couple of businesses. You own a cabinet shop and some some other stuff. And I'm thinking, what's the guy doing? He's he's adopting tigers and bears, and they're <laughs> running around in his front yard. So, what was up with that? How'd you get started in that? Well, I, my dad always let me have anything that pet I wanted. I had to take care of it, and we were. Uh, at a yard sale, and a guy walked up and had a possum sitting on his shoulder. <laughs> and uh, I said, are you selling that? He said, yes. And I went to my dad. I said, I want to buy that possum. He's like, all right, you're going to take care of it. And I used to ride my bicycle around the neighborhood, this possum sitting on my shoulder, and it'd have its hand sitting on my head. And it's the greatest <laughs> pet. And uh, I just always loved wild animals. And uh, my dad supported me in all that. And so when I come home from college uh, – and I worked at the university for a while, and then I came home. I told my wife, I said, I want a bear. 
She said, "You no. went from a possum to a bear." Yeah, well, no, yeah. this is this is. I was a little <laughs> kid when I had the possum, <laughs> but the bear was after we came home. I'd been married, and she's like, "No, I don't." I just stayed on her and stayed on her. She's like, "Okay, you got to build the enclosure for it," and uh, so I built the enclosure, and then everything kind of started going from there. I had to be licensed by the United States Department of Agriculture, go through a lot of stuff, and yeah. but <clears throat> that's how we got started. So that happened, and then. Uh, you, you and I became friends, and and uh, when you know we began to have families, and you um, at some point you had to get rid of of the bears and the tigers because you start having children, and it wasn't a good idea to have five year olds unless they were my daughter. <laughs> 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 yeah. So so you turn that over, and it became what's known now as tigers for tomorrow. Tigers for tomorrow, yeah. As if that wasn't enough. I should have known when I got the phone call five or six years ago when Ty said, hey, I got me a new boat. I thought, great, well, what, you know, can can I go out on it? I'm thinking, well, you know, Saturday I'm free. And <laughs> I said, yeah, well, I'd love to go see it, Ty. He said, where is it? He said, this is in Brazil. And it turned out to not be a boat. It's a ship. It sleeps like 60-something people. 60 people. So in typical Ty Harris fashion, um, you were wandering around in Brazil. Well, no, I was on a, I was on a mission trip. I went on a mission trip with my church. Uh, the associate pastor said, "Hey, we're going on a mission trip on the Amazon River. Do you want to go?" And the animal lover I am, I was like, "I'm going, yes." And so, got on the trip and uh, just really got convicted that that was the people group that I needed to work with, and couldn't afford to do it because it was so expensive. So we knew. We're going to keep doing this mission work that we need to buy a boat. So we formed Amazon Hope and bought a boat. So that's just typical Ty Harris, you know. He's just and, – and by the way, you're doing all this as a volunteer. I mean, it's yeah. not like a – I mean, you've got a job as a full-time teacher. teacher. Yeah. And you're a dad to two beautiful girls and you have a, have a wife. So, Ty, let's, let's talk about you and your dad. I know your dad – and he's he's a great guy. We've had several guys on the on the program who did not have a great relationship with their dad, but I think you and your dad are, are have always had a great relationship. Tell me, tell me about your dad. Oh, he's my hero. I'll probably get emotional talking about him, but he is uh, the guy I want to be, and I still strive to be him. But uh, uh, he never ever my whole time growing up pushed me to the side he always had time for me uh, I can remember he he was just like me he worked at the steel plant uh, he run a plumbing business uh, had a tractor run a plumbing business helped his father with his hardware had a hardware and a tala uh, and just did all kinds of things and never ever I can I remember as a kid I'd go hey I want to go to work with you come on let's go I can remember sitting on the back of the backhoe and him working the controls and me, a little bitty guy with my hands on top of his, thinking, man, I'm digging this hole. And he just always included me and just always uh, spent time with me. And uh, I never can think of anything where he said, hey, I can't. I can't. I can't do this because I don't have time. I've got to go do this. If he didn't have time, I was going with him. And uh, he's just always been like that. And still today, before I left to come down here to speak with you, I stopped by and saw my dad, you know, and it's like just every day I check in with him. It's just because I want to talk to him. 
and I still to this day am learning things from him. You know, I thought when I was 16 I knew everything, but uh, and he used to install knowledge into me, and I wouldn't listen then. But I think back to those things now, and he was all he always poured into me, and uh, and now that I'm getting older, I realize how valuable that is. Special relationship. How does that differ from <clears throat> some of the kids that you you're you're a football coach, you you work you're a teacher. We see a lot of different story with a lot of the kids we work with. How does that differ from some of the kids that you've – how does your story differ from theirs? Well, one of the biggest thing I think, is a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of parents now, there's, they want to be friends with their children, and so they don't discipline them. And what I found out, a lot of these kids nowadays, my dad would discipline me. And I, did, and I didn't understand it as much then, but like coaching, when you discipline a kid for them doing wrong, you notice the more you, you try to make them walk the right path, the closer they get to you. And they really want to – they start asking you questions. Hey, coach, you know, mm-hmm. what, what is this? What is it? And they start really buying into you because they know because I'm disciplining you, I love you. Mm-hmm. I care for you. I want to see you do right where I see a lot of the, the kids now that if you, in school, when I get on them and make them do right, they know and they just want to draw near to you and find out more about you because at home they may not be getting it. They, their parents are more worried about, I don't want to make them mad because they may not like me. Hmm. And I say that to my kids sometimes. I say, I don't want, you don't have to like me, but you got to love me. And, and the reason they love me is because they know I'm going to make them do right. Was was there something that your dad did along the way that particularly sticks out in your mind? To some, something that he inspired you or a, a story that you – probably a lot of them, aren't there? Yeah, um, tons of them. But, you know, what, what was neat is my dad go out to football practice, and my dad had all these jobs going on, but every – I cannot remember a time – that I wasn't on the football practice field and look over and my dad just be standing over there. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't, when, and at night when I come home to the houses, there never was a, that was a rough practice day. You didn't do real good. Or, hey, you had a, never was anything really said about it. But he was always standing over there. And we all, mm-hmm. he was always watching. And, and that was just, that meant everything to me because it means more now because I knew he really didn't have everything he was doing, he didn't have time for that. But he wanted to be there, and that was just so means so much to me now because I, I can't tell you a time that he wasn't standing over there. So, so your dad was always there for you. Um, what do you think he did that that aside from just being there for you? What do you think he did that helped mold you into being the parent that you are today? Let me fail. He let me mm. fall on my face a couple of times. Uh, and that's, you know, I would always go to him, I've all, and I still do today. I go to him and I'll run things past. I want to run something by you, Dad. And I'll tell him some things that, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, I've been in all kinds of businesses, and I'll, every one of them I've run to my dad about and talked to him. Uh, and I've, some of those businesses have failed, and he's probably advised me probably not to do them, but those he's let me fall on my face, and then he picks me up, and he encourages me to keep going. I mean, from a very young kid, it's anything that I wanted to do. He's he's always said, you know, 
if you want to do it, do the best you can and just attack it. You know, everything you do, attack mm-hmm. it and, and just go as hard as you can. And, and I, I still hear him today, you know, talking to me about things like that. So he formed that part of your personality that said, hey, if you want a bear in your front yard, just go get it. Exactly. He was, <laughs> or, if you, anything you want, if you want it, then work for it and get it. You know, do you, do you think that he did anything particularly special, or did he have a special technique, or was this how, how did he how did he instill that kind of personality in you? Yes, I, it's a great question. You know, he he was a risk taker. Also, I mean, he opened a lot of businesses, and I saw him work to do all those things. But it's just like I can, a story comes to my mind. Uh, we found a ground, a little small rattlesnake. I said, Daddy, I want, I want to keep this rattlesnake. He said, okay. So he taught me how to catch a rattlesnake. I didn't know how to catch a poisonous snake. He showed me how to, how to do it. He put it in a jar, and then he worked in the steel plant, and they, he built me a little cage in the steel plant and brought it. And we had it in the kitchen. It sat in the kitchen as long as I can remember, and we'd feed it uh, once a month and – but uh, the insurance man was sitting. It's back when the insurance man would come to your house and get your yeah. premium. Yeah. We were sitting there around there one day, and the insurance man said, what's in that aquarium? Daddy's a rattlesnake. He got up and left. He never came back in the house to get the premium. <laughs> but it was just, you know, is anything that, you know, if he didn't know how to do it, he would uh, research and do it, learn to do it. I, you know, I, I never can think of anything that's it's like – our football team didn't have weight equipment in the eighties. That was, you know, weight, mm-hmm. weightlifting was a new and oncoming thing. And him and a, another dad built every piece of weight equipment we have: bench press, squat racks, everything. Even they built it. They built it. You, you work with kids. If um, if you could tell any of your your students, your athletes who are going to be fathers one day. If you could tell them what it takes to be a great dad, what do you think you would tell them? Make time. Make time. And, and, and you know, I talk about how good my dad is about it. Sometimes I feel like I let my kids down because I get so busy that i got to focus in on them. Is make time and uh, invest in them and uh, – let them know that you care about them, not just verbally, hey, I love you. Hey, I love watching you practice. I love watching you jump. Uh, I say jump because my daughter's on track right now, and she's a triple jump. Uh, just let them know that you enjoy watching them. Like you said, you, you, your dad telling you uh, when they have bad bad games, instead of being critical of the way they play, just say, I love watching you play. Mm. And uh, but just invest in them, have time for them, uh, let them make mistakes and not be critical, encourage, uh, but be very strict and very be a, a good disciplinarian. I mean that's that's something my dad was. Uh, he I had rules and I I followed them because if I didn't there was consequences and he stuck with them. He was consistent. Yes. Yes, and I appreciate him for that. Can you think of a time where your dad had to 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 discipline you and and how how that went? I'm just curious to know. Yeah, if you, if I, we were building our house. We were building a house, and uh, 
I can remember Dad would push these big piles of dirt up, and they were carrying in a sliding glass door. And I'd mentioned this story about him, and he can't even really remember it. But I was up there, and those guys, and I was throwing rocks, and those guys were carrying that sliding glass door, and I <laughs> throwing rocks at, like just to scare them or something. And I remember my dad looking at the top of that dirt mound and started walking at me. And I can remember, oh, no, I'm probably not going to live today. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was. So what did he, what did he do? I, he would whip me, yeah. My okay. dad would whip me. Right. And uh, it was, uh, and I would, to this day, I still think he probably could still whip me. What do you, what do you whip you with? Belt. belt. <laughs> he was a belt man. <laughs> he would never, you know, I saw a lot of people would say, you know, go get, you go get yourself a switch. My dad never did that. He didn't give me a choice. No, that was, he was a belt man. So. Did, he, did he talk to you after he whipped you? I've, that's what I hear a lot. Uh. He would, I, but you know, as I got older, I would rather him whip me than talk to me because my mm-hmm. dad got where he'd, when I got older, he'd, you know, say, hey, let's talk about what you did. And I'd be like, I'd be thinking, just whip me. Can you think of a, something that your dad did that was just really funny to you, that you, memory you have? There is so many things, but this one's kind of later in life. I didn't think of a lot when I was young, but. I'd got married, and, and we were moving home from Tuscaloosa, and we were building the farm. We were living in a, a trailer while we built our log cabin. And we needed a laundry room on the trailer, and uh, Dad came up to help me build the laundry room. And he was older, but he was still, you know, great shape. And it was cold. I can remember it was snowing outside, and he had his hands in his pocket. And he was walking over, coming over to talk to me, and he tripped. There was a, one of the small stumps that they'd cut. He tripped, and he was falling. <laughs> he had his hands in his pocket, and he was falling at the tailgate. And I thought, Dad's fixing his. And the last second, he threw his elbows forward, caught himself on the tailgate, <laughs> and stood up. And, you know, I don't know what's so funny about that because – but it just <laughs> – he stood up laughing, I was laughing, and it was we just barely laughed all day about him falling and just catching himself. But there's – my dad's always been one to, to laugh and cut up, you know uh, – he was a big jump out behind the door, scare you kind of guy. Okay. He liked to jump out and scare us when we was little. And I got married, and uh, I hid behind the door, and I jumped out of my wife one time and scared. <laughs> I've, I've never done that again. It doesn't work. <laughs> no. But it's funny how you, your dad can, when you have a special relationship with your dad, you can laugh about stuff. Yeah. But that's part of um, those stories, those little things that would otherwise seem insignificant or part of building a bond. And yeah. I bet you, y'all sat around the dinner table and told that story over and over oh. and over about the day Dad fell and caught Dad, himself. Yeah, caught himself with his elbows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So stories are, are a great thing. And let me just ask you about your your um, fatherhood yourself. Tell me about your, your girls, first of all. Uh, I have two girls. I have Faith. She's the oldest, and I have Grace. Faith just turned 17, and Grace is 16. And your wife's name is Hope. By My wife's name is Hope. I have Hope, Faith, and Grace, and the joke is I'm long-suffering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, Faith, uh, we were trying to have kids, and we were told we could not have kids. And so I came home from football practice one day. I said, it's just been on my mind today. I want to adopt a little girl from China. And she said, this is so weird. She said, the same place was on my mind today. So we, we adopted a little girl from China. That's why we had to get rid of the farm. 
the yeah. HR wouldn't approve us to adopt with the deadly animals. The state wouldn't let you adopt with a bear and a tiger in no, your yard. No, I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, we adopted, and uh, Hope was not able to travel to get Faith because she was fixing to have a baby. Soon after we got approved to, to go pick up Faith, she found out she was pregnant with Grace. Yeah, I and, remember uh, that. Yes. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And, and, but the, you don't make any difference between them. They're, they're both. They're, man. <clears throat> they're the most incredible girls in the world. And I, I, I realize, uh, but girls are tough. Mm-hmm. Girls are tough because boys are so much easier because I've raised boys all my life as a football coach. And sometimes you can just yell at a boy and I say, yell, I wouldn't, but yeah, sometimes, you know, you got to yell at them. And, but the girls are so different. They're so I don't know what the word is. I don't want to use the word timid because they're not, but uh, but sensitive. There we go. You know what that is? So that's partly because you've invested in them. They're they're gymnasts, right? And track. They do no, gymnastics and uh, track. Uh, Grace plays basketball, and uh, Faith did gymnastics, but she's no longer doing that anymore. And she does uh, triple jump and long jump. Okay, so I bet you're at everything they do. Everything. Even though you own a business, you're a teacher, you're a football coach, you have a ministry, and you you have now opened two, and you've opened another thrift store. You've opened a thrift store, which yeah. is a pretty big operation. Yeah. You've, but you're Incredible. a busy guy. How do you make time to go and do everything? I mean, there was a period of time I know that you were driving like 30 minutes at least to go to the gymnastics thing every mm-hmm. Once a week, every night, and you never missed one, I don't, I don't no, guess. No, no. Uh, it's just, you know, there's not, I mean, I've, there's been several times I've carried them home, put them to bed, and go to the wood shop and build cabinets. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to I'm gonna be everything that I can be for them, and I'm going to invest them because they're not going to be around long for me to, to shape and mold, and I want to yeah. take every minute so I can – put off other things at other for other times but I can't put their their growth and their uh you know everything they're doing and I see that now looking back at my dad doing mm-hmm. that you know and we'd come in from practice he may be going to do something and and that's the same way I am I'm going to invest in them while I can because I can do I can build cabinets at night that's a good thing about lights yeah yeah, yeah but you have you have a lot of energy but I know you've invested in those girls I'm curious how do y'all find time to just sit down and be a family? We'd on the go. And I know that sounds weird, but like uh, if at a trap meet, she'll jump and, and we're all there, the whole family, her sister, me, her mother. Y'all make it a family affair. Yeah, Everybody everything goes. we do. I mean, the mission trips during the summer, uh, for two weeks they'll come down there and spend time with me down there. And – Anything we can do as a family, and, and no matter – but if it's a crazy day and everybody's gone different ways at night, we come together and we have devotion together. Mm. And uh, because as a father, it's my responsibility to shape them spiritually also, mm. and I want to do that. I want to give you a, an opportunity to do something, if you can do it. There's a camera over there. I want to give you the opportunity to, to speak to your dad – just look at him in that camera. And then we got one other little thing to do after that. But 
Just tell him what you want to tell him. Thank you, Dad, for everything. All the time that you spent with me growing up, all the football practices that you didn't have to be at, and you showed up anyway. Uh, the times on the river, on the houseboat that you spent with us, um, and just still to this day, if I pull up and say, hey, I need to talk to you, you always find time, and you don't know how much that means to me. And if I can be half the dad that you are, I'll be an incredible dad, and I appreciate that, and I love you for that. So we, as we've made a custom, snuck behind your back and got a little, some little video snippets. <laughs> Were you aware that we had done that? No. All right, so... <clears throat> Colin, one of the producers, is going to show you those and just want to let you enjoy this moment. The best thing I like about my dad is he's so hardworking. He likes to do everything to the best of his ability. My favorite story about my dad is when he goes to China and gets my sister. And on the way back, they had to go to like a million different airports just to get home because there was a big snowstorm. And so the whole family was going from airport to airport just to get to them. I want to thank my dad for always being there for me and being an example for Christ for me. And just lighting me up when I'm down and just loving me no matter what and giving me wisdom through my high school career. The thing I like most about my dad is the cross-like figure he shows throughout his everyday life. My favorite story about my dad is the story he tells about what inspired him to start Amazon Hope when meeting Joshua on the Amazon River. I want to thank you for the love you show me every day, always being there for me, raising me the right way and helping me grow in my faith. Thanks. Well, that concludes this episode of the That's My Dad Project, where we're trying to inspire fathers to be great dads, to break the cycles of generational fatherness, listeners. Ty, it's my hope that guys would be inspired by your story. You deserve to have those kids say what they said about you. Be inspired. Be back next week where we'll have another great story. Thanks, Ty. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in today. This has been the That's My Dad podcast with our host, Scott Hilton, where we're on a mission to break the cycle of generational fatherlessness and inspire fathers to become great dads. We'll be back here every Monday night at 6 p.m. We'll see you then.